It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Counterculture. I'm Jonathan Sanborn. Uh, we're super excited. We are in episode five of our, of our show. We've had some great response. Counterculture. What counterculture is about is building bridges, bringing people together, peacemaking. Jesus called us to be... Uh, to be, he said, "Blessed are the peacemakers," and this is a key role of why God calls us to His to be His children. And I want to find those people—people people who are standing in the gap and reaching out across uh, in in different ways to build maybe two dividing camps or thinking about things a little differently off the beaten path, the counterculture types. Um, so I have in studio today Chris and Bethany Preby, who are owners of Cultivate Coffee. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. And you are local business owners. Mm-hmm. We are. Yeah, can I say it's cool to be in your top five? That's right. <laughs> you are my top we five. We made it in your top five. Absolutely, top five. I'm always asked to give lists, and then you're going to be there. Like, I was there when he was nobody. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> this is it. You're at the, the starting point of something. And hey, you know, people keep asking me, hey, Jonathan, how do you do it all? What are your life tips? And so I'm often having to give advice. And so here's my advice that, I, that served me well for 2020. Mm-hmm. 2022 things that I've done that have served me well. One, no tweeting. Hmm. Number two, no twerking. <laughs> so I haven't done either of those all year. Made it. I've made it through so far. Here we are. I can say I've only ever done one of those. You've only done one of those? And I don't want to know. You don't, yeah, I don't want to know. I'm going to leave so, that to your imagination. But I'm just telling you, it saved me a lot of heartache and chiropractor visits. <laughs> so I really, uh, those have served me well. Um, but here with our guests, so again, counterculture exists. Why does this exist? So I often think in a, in a divided world, we see it every day. Everyone camps out and they're criticizing one another or they're divided. They never see each other. There's mistrust. In a divided world, peacemaking is a revolutionary act. And so that's why we're here. We want to we be revolutionary, but in the way of Christ. And so we're super excited. And, and in today, we're going to talk about how talk about local uh, ministers and local businessmen who are building bridges, using business to build bridges to communities that are often either overlooked, neglected, or are in need of uh, more love and attention. And they've chosen to use uh, their business as mission. So we're super excited. So just a little background, Chris and Bethany Preby are Phoenix natives. They've been married 16 years and have three boys. And by the way, this is my first married couple in studio. Oh, really? So you're like the, the your double dynamic. This is this is awesome. <laughs> One now. So that's so you right. Can do it again after this. <laughs> um, Chris is a pastor for Missio Day Communities uh, over the Phoenix congregation, and Bethany runs Cultivate Coffee, which is a nonprofit coffee shop and roastery in Sunny Slope. Where's Sunny Slope? Tell us where. Tell our listeners they might not be in Phoenix. Yeah, it's kind of like Central Phoenix, just east of the I seventeen. Okay. Uh, if anyone's familiar with Metro Center, it's the other side of the I seventeen freeway from Metro Center. Okay. And it really kind of it's a neighborhood within Phoenix that is kind of like. A city within a city. It's okay. got its own 
hometown feel to it. Yeah, so I think it's, they may have been their own township for a while. Oh. And they recently definitely got the Phoenix address. Got the Phoenix address. Okay, Sunny Slope, like a great place to go get a tan, play some golf. It's a little, yeah, it's a little different than that. Sunny Slope <laughs> actually started off as a place people moved for healing. Um, like people who had tuberculosis, but over the years, as many places in Phoenix, it changed, and it's actually kind of a, a mixture of you'll have uh, some million-dollar homes, and you'll have uh, people on the street struggling with drug addiction. It's actually one of the most, being Phoenix natives, I feel like I can say this, possibly the most diverse neighborhood in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's interesting. People wouldn't not, wouldn't normally assume that. No. So it's it's a very diverse area, right near just north of downtown. And you decided of all the places to start uh, this nonprofit business, you chose Sunny Slope. Mm-hmm. So why did you do that? So um, you know we wanted to do a coffee shop that was uh, not in the normal area where everybody was for a long, long time. And uh, we thought West Side and different things. And then our heart just really over probably the last six years or so started getting really drawn to Sunny Slope um, just from different things. God moved us around there. And so we're always on one side of Sunny Slope, whether the east side or the west side of it. And as we just started paying attention, um, it's one of the most beautiful places. I mean, there's mountains, there's trails. Mm. Uh, it's it's got these really unique homes um, and big artistic community, big artistic okay. community, but it's also um, got this reputation of brokenness and danger and uh, shootings and all different sorts of things, drug addictions. There's, you know, you go down Hatcher and there's, uh, you know, just tons of social service stuff. And so we wanted to place ourselves um, where we saw so much potential um, and so much brokenness at the same time that we could be a part of um, bringing out the flourishing of that community, not by ourselves, but from within the community and from bringing within it the up. community. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So many people look at an area like Sunny Slope as goes, they need help and let's send them money or something. But you're actually saying let's start a business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things, too, that really we love about it is, as we mentioned, because it's so diverse for us, that is a picture of what the kingdom Mm-hmm. looks like and what it will look like in its fullness one day. All tribes, tongues, nations, languages represented there, uh, united as one under Jesus. And so that's kind of our heart is to see like, man, there's, yes, there's brokenness here, but in one way, it's already kind of reflecting a little bit of what that kingdom's like with the diversity. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you you want to have the church reflect the, the neighborhood and, and to be the diverse if it's just the most diverse part of Phoenix, we need to have a diverse congregation. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now that's hard to achieve. Is, <laughs> yeah. is that is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, as a church, you know, we just as people, we tend to gravitate to people just like us because that's where we're most comfortable. Mm-hmm. So to try to have diversity means we have to to be spending time with people who might make us feel uncomfortable might, you know, uh, walk through life different than us, might, you know, um, just have different political views, all these things. And so it is it is hard to try to build a family around that. But we are much better people mm. when we do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the extra effort. Mm-hmm. So why coffee? We love it. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, I am sipping delicious horchata. Yep, horchata latte. Uh, the horchata latte. They brought me, unbeknownst to me, one of my all-time favorite coffee drinks. I know, that was so perfect. So, fantastic. Yeah. We, um, uh, we did our research on it. 
ahead of time, Jonathan, <laughs> we found out what you drink. <laughs> they, they have sources, I guess. <laughs> no, but we, we love coffee ourselves, but we love what gathers around coffee, and that's conversations, and that's relationships developing. And um, so, you know, we thought coffee is a great place to not only um, have a business that people want, but to use it to be able to bring people together. Bring people together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our desire is to see it become a sort of community hub in a sense. So you have people who are diverse gathering together and having conversations that maybe they wouldn't normally enter into over a cup of coffee. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And you also create an environment. It's, it's coffee is the starting point, right. but you create an environment. So you spend a lot of time and effort to create a, a welcoming space. Yeah. That's definitely been, I think, one of my favorite parts and maybe Chris's too, because we were the frequenters of coffee shops all across Phoenix. Sure. Um, and we would choose places not only by the way the coffee tastes, but often how we felt inside that coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to get to um, look through that lens as we were building the space. What's going to make people want to stay here? What's going to make them feel creative as they're work, you know, choosing to work from our coffee shop or choosing to bring a friend there? Yeah, and, and does it represent the community around us? We were real intentional in making this look like a sunny slope place because that's where it is. So your Christian faith motivates you to create this. Absolutely. You're, what you're saying, your your uh, community. So do you, when they walk in the door, are you sharing about Jesus when they walk in the door? Is this your opportunity to no, share the gospel? It's. Uh, I mean, that happens, right? Okay. Absolutely, and it, as it should. Um, but it's not. It's not like a church coffee shop in that sense. Right. You know, it's its own business, its own organization, its own thing happening there in Sunny Slope, where it's a it's a space for community to come into. However, here's what I liken it to: is um, you know, I, because I pastor, I got people in my congregation who are they do all kinds of different jobs, right? As a teacher, can you if you're if you're getting up and you're teaching history, can you start <laughs> just giving a gospel presentation? Right. No. Right. No. But but. At the same time, you are called to be an ambassador of Christ everywhere you are. You're Mm -hmm. called to be on the mission of bringing the good news of the kingdom of God through Jesus everywhere you are. And so how are you doing that in light of your vocation, no matter what you do, if you're an an electrician, a teacher, um, or a coffee shop barista or Mm -hmm. owner? Um, And so our, our heart is that we're creating this space for community. And that it's a welcoming environment, and we're building relationships with lots of people. And then hopefully what they see and hear from us as people who do love Jesus and are striving to follow after him is they start to get some of that good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't have like a typical like Christian coffee house name like Hebrews right. no. or something like that or God's Grounds or right. whatever like that. Holy Grounds. I forget. There's a, there's a whole list of yeah. cheese. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. no offense to my – there's probably someone listening probably some Hebrews who listening. maybe and owns that, And if you want to be a, a Christian coffee shop, then you have that name so people right. understand what they're right. walking into. But right. we are a community coffee shop. Right. Yeah. You want to show Christ through other ways, yeah. not your, your, how you, you, uh, the, where you're located, right. your building of community, the quality of right. your business. Right. Yeah, and we want to serve and love and have friendships with our neighbors who live there who – uh, may never ever want anything to do with Jesus. Absolutely, and we're still going to love them, and we still want to be in community with them. So. Fantastic. And what about who you hire? Does that does that is that a factor in all of yeah, this? Yeah. So a big part of what Cultivate is um, is we use the business as a means to uh, mentor and um, provide work opportunities for vulnerable youth. So our um, main focus is refugees. 
uh, kids who are facing aging out of the foster care system, and then youth of the neighborhood of Sunny Slope. Mm. Um, so primarily that is our workforce. We have a few, like two other gals who um, we've hired on to help when, like they're there right now because I can't be there. Um, and so, but primarily- Shout out to Liz and Vanessa. That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> holding, holding it down. Um, but yeah, so primarily we have um, some different refugees, uh, kids who have never worked before, who are getting work experience and things like that. Fantastic. So that's a par- big part. So do you work closely with the employees and mentor them or is that? Yeah. So I'm there um, uh, five out of the six days, um, uh, often all day long. And so I get this beautiful opportunity to uh, just really get to know their stories and hang out with them and, and you know, just have one-on-one conversations. But in addition to that, part of working for us, part of joining the internship is we have a cohort that about 10 youth go through at a time where we have Chris and myself and a couple other mentors and we'll actually go through soft skills. So how do you interview for a mm. job? How do you fill out a resume? Um, while you're filling out a resume, they're gaining work experience so they can actually put something on there um, mm. through their time and cultivate. And then we just go through kind of um, – life mentoring as well as and mm. what is it what does it mean to be a a viable part of your community um what does it mean to be a person who um you know brings a flourishing of other people mm. so we we kind of um what we're trying to do in the community we are all encouraging our youth to be a part of that too that's fantastic so right now you're listening to counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn i have a guest in my studio chris and bethany preby sharing about their their business and ministry of Cultivate Coffee and uh, just and really enjoy having them. Uh, just as, before we get back into uh, your, the mission of your, your, of your coffee shop, uh, I have a, we play a game called uh, Fake News. And so uh, you together name one thing that's true about you and then name one thing that isn't true about you. And I have to guess which one is which. Okay. I tasked Bethany with coming yeah, up. Yeah, we were talking about this in the car, and the problem is I overthink everything and Uh-oh. started making it really big, and he's like, you just take it over now. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to try to keep it simple and not do that. But, okay, so one thing about us is um, actually on our wedding day, my um, dress that I was wearing, pre-wedding dress, caught on fire, and I got third-degree burns. <laughs> okay. Wedding dress caught on fire. Okay. Third-degree burns, yes. Um the other thing about it's it, definitely more tragedy than comedy. Than comedy, yes. I, yeah. on this side of it, well, you can yeah. laugh a on the years side. later, you it can, did, you can it laugh a little later. It was not a laughing later. matter that yes. day. Okay, um, Woo! on yeah. fire. <laughs> no, it's not. It's painful. Um, and then the other kind of interesting thing about us um, combined, we have lived in the hospital for just a little over three months. You've lived in the we hospital. Lived in the hospital for a little over three months. Mm-hmm. So now both of those seem very plausible. You mm-hmm. you you said them convincingly. And right now, I have a very good track record of getting this right. So this could be the end of this, the end of my track record. So I'm going to say the hospital is fake news. Actually, um, the wedding is fake news. The wedding is fake news. But I can say it so well because it did happen to my best friend. Oh, it happened to your best friend. Yes. Okay, because it it seemed real. Yeah. You knew some really good details. You weren't making that up because it actually happened. Yeah, she leaned over um, a gas stove and it caught her on fire on her wedding day. Oh, my goodness. Were you in the wedding? I had no idea about that until right now. And I officiated the wedding. 
Really? He forgot. Okay. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> that's okay. I forget yeah. a lot. That's okay. You just go in, get out. Yeah. You're just, a pastor. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Just say my words. And <laughs> that's <go>. right. <laughs> so, so back to this. You, uh, you mentioned three groups who are your employees. And uh, there's a lot we could talk about each one of those, those groups. But let's just talk about youth aging out of foster. Mm-hmm. Why choose that particular group to focus on and employ? Yeah, we have a lot of experience in that world. Uh, I, so I used to run a nonprofit. We would go into schools and speak on character development and leadership skills and all those things and making good choices. Uh, so I worked a lot with youth in that arena. And then through our church, we were also we, – we partnered with this organization, OCJ Kids, um, that connects faith-based community groups to group homes. And so our church, our missional communities within our church, some of them, many of them were serving these group homes of kids in the foster care system. And through, I think, both of those experiences, I was seeing and we were seeing that there's, there's this – we're able to serve in some ways and, and meet some immediate needs. That's great. And in the schools, I was able to talk to them about making good choices. Sure. That's great. But these kids are, are rapidly approaching adulthood, turning 18, and they are – sent away from the group home with nothing more than a garbage bag to fill their belongings in and a good luck. And so we said, how are we helping as, as believers and followers of Jesus mm-hmm. who loves these children who are made in his image, how are we helping to ensure that they have a good quality of life going forward and that they become contributing members of our society and our communities? Because the trajectory for youth aging out is, isn't Good. Right. Statistically speaking, it's a rough lot. So many things against. Yeah, youth. like eighty percent of them end up back in the system in one way or another, mm-hmm. and that's I often mean, when, jail. When you yeah. think about it, most of us we don't turn eighteen and start making great decisions, but most of us still have. I'm our about to turn thirty six. Right. Right. I'm still. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but we, you know, we can live with our parents. Our parents are still walking through filling applications with us. You know, all these things until um, eventually they get. You know, they boot us along. And there's just not uh, a good transition right. for a lot of them. Plus, they're dealing with all kinds of trauma Absolutely. from their childhood. Absolutely. So how do you make great decisions when no one gave you the education to do so and you have this deep, these deep wounds that you're dealing with mm-hmm. internally? No, oh, that's absolutely important. So what about your personal story? Why – you mentioned your work with OCJ kids, but something about your backgrounds that connects you, what you feel like you can relate with these guys, these kids? Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up in a, a household with two parents who stayed together. So in that way, um, definitely not. Um, Chris grew up with loving parents as well, although divorced families. Um, I just think we just always have had a heart for youth and for, um, I think because we realized what we did have, it, it made us um, realize even more what some people don't have. Right. And I grew up very adjacent to that, where I would see that happen with mm-hmm. people I was very close with. And even in my own, you know, I have a brother and a sister who have a different dad than I do, right. um, same mom. And there were many times where it was very close uh, in that household as she was a single mom struggling to make ends meet, working three jobs at times. So they were often home alone by themselves where they were nearly pulled out of the mm-hmm. home. And mm-hmm. so – Seeing seeing a lot of the young people we work with who we love and we know their stories now and I can see – I can look back and connect that to stories of even my own family. Right. And that's what a great way to minister from your own 
story and your pain, the, right. the, the experiences of, of that you can relate to. But we don't all, only have to have those backgrounds in order right. to relate. But it is it does build a connection point, right? And I think it's important for us to realize where where we don't have some of those experiences, and we do bring other people into the story with us. So we have mentors who have different stories, and we're um, trying to partner with um, some even different businesses that um, the owners have had, you know, really rough backgrounds, and God has redeemed their story. And so it doesn't all come from us, for mm-hmm. sure. So you've made some some powerful choices that kind of re- reflect the kingdom. What would you want to encourage listeners to consider? Like, let's just say I'm a I'm a business person. What would you want them to consider when uh, when they're looking at Phoenix or where to start a business or what to do with their work? That's a great question. I think a lot of times when we're we're thinking of a business and even a business as a Christian, we're we're thinking through the lens of we want to be good stewards, right? And so when, when you're looking at how to start a business and where specifically to place it, we're looking at where's going to be the best return on investment. What, mm. where are we, where's this business going to by market trends and all this data analysis, where's it going to do the best? And oddly enough, that's how most churches get planted too, is where, where's right. the tithe going to be the best in right. this neighborhood? Right. Um, we, we started in Sunny Slope. We think it was a good business decision as well, but primarily because that's by where we live, and it's where a lot of the youth we're working with live. And it was a way for us to engage in that community in a meaningful way. And if that that was our primary factor in making that decision, which has led to a good return on investment as a business as well. Interesting. And so I would just yeah. encourage anyone kind of thinking through that, where can my business do the most good Right. first and foremost? That's our that's our currency. You know, that's our right. capital that we have in the kingdom is where can we be the best representation of the kingdom to the world around us? Where can I see a need and actually step in and help meet that need? And then, you know, as Jesus said, like, seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be taken care right. of. And so all that other stuff will work itself out. Absolutely. Because there seems to be sort of a nonprofit mindset on one side, which is just help the people. Like, and that's, we think of that as church. Right. But then there's the business side of it, which is make the most money mm-hmm. and give what you can. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that sounds great, but <laughs> people still tend to not give that much yeah. <laughs> based right. on all the profits that they make, right? Uh, so, but you found a place where a business, your, your business is also your ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the way it's intended to be. We're, like our work, we're always we're created to work, but our work should be something that one fulfills us. And also simultaneously serves our neighbor and loves and cares for creation. Yes. And so if you could find a way where it's doing all those things, we're getting a lot closer to the work God designed for us. Yeah. And you don't have to work with vulnerable youth to do that. I mean, it's how do you um, work? You know, how do you treat your employees? How are you uh, helping them flourish? How are you, you know, talking to them? How are are you giving them? Um, healthy work hours and healthy mm-hmm. work environments and how are you treating your customers and are you know all those type of things I think as a believer should be a part of how we run our business and how to make a great cup of coffee right. delicious <laughs> we, as Christians we should have the best quality yeah if we were doing all this good and we were serving you a terrible cup of coffee yeah uh, it would just be it's kind of like someone who moves to another country uh, under a fake job 
Right. But really, they're there just to kind of hand out Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I've seen that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so many people do that. They, they, it's, it's secondary, but you say your, your business is – it also gives glory to God just as much as your words and, your, and, right. and the right. compassion behind it. Absolutely. This is fantastic. Okay. So locally, anyone else here in the Phoenix area, they can visit your shop. Yep. I mean, can visit your store. Yeah, Monday and through shop. Saturday. What's that? Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. And you'll give them a hug, a, a, a safe COVID uh, <laughs> greeting. Hug. I, 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 we, were, we were lamenting the lack of hugging in the modern church culture at this moment. That's yeah. Right. And I'm not going to greet anyone with a holy kiss right now, just so that hasn't been <laughs> happening lately. Actually, it hasn't happened much at all. But. I, we were preaching through First Thessalonians, <laughs> and we came to uh, <laughs> we came to that, and I was like, oh. I don't know how to talk about no, this. No, that's right not going <laughs> to work. Don't do this. I had a church in Romania that I visited, and the the leader of the church came and kissed me on the lips. And so really? I'm, I, I went through counseling. I made it through that. <laughs> As I'm, American, we but yeah, it we're was not a, an American thing. And first time, a be- very rugged, bearded man. <laughs> I'm still a little scarred, actually. So, but he was biblical. He was biblical. That's right. That's right. Well, it doesn't say where the biblical kiss, the holy kiss, should be. Like that's right. That's the right. Cheek, cheek. Right. Uh, that's probably yeah. The four. I could have taken the forehead. That's, <laughs> I'd be fine now. No, but this has been an incredible conversation. I really appreciate hearing about your cultivate coffee. Meeting both of you in person. I've heard about you for a while, and thank you so much for joining Counterculture. We can build bridges to the the needy through our businesses and all that we do. All of life, all for Jesus. We often right. say. Right. So I really appreciate you joining me today. So I'm Jonathan Sanborn. This is Counterculture. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. 